founder of appy or youappy.com moshi he's currently out there in israel he's got 130 people based all around the world 30 folks specifically in r&d first year they did about 250 grand in revenue they made that because they take 30 percent of the total kind of ad volume that they process so they process about a million bucks their first year fast forward to 2016 they're killing it over a quarter of a billion specifically about 320 million dollars processed through their very interesting and proprietary ecosystem of publishers and consumers that they've built in consumer profiles of that 320 million, they keep about, again, 30%, so 80 million. The rest they pay back out to all of their great publishing partners. Who knows? Maybe they'll be going public soon, and Moshi will have you back on. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database... I keep it to myself, it's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. This is episode 771. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Jeremy Haynes. This is the guy that Grant Cardone and others have spent a lot of money on to get a 100 million person social following. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Moshe Vaknin. He has been dreaming about his company, Uappy, since he bought his first iPhone 3. After a long and successful career leading companies such as AT&T and Vocal Tech, he founded three successful startups before founding Uappy. As the CEO of the company, he brings vast experience in the advertising, publishing, and affiliate marketing fields, fortifying him with the ability to identify opportunities and transform them into reality and lead global teams. Moshe, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely, I'm ready. Okay, very good. Tell us what the company does. What is Uappy? Uh, actually, Uappy uh, is is a platform that enables users, uh, publishers, and app developers to, to solve the growing challenge of offering an appropriate mobile apps to users. So we facilitated all the process to recommend apps to users who are looking for relevant apps to big brand advertisers that are looking to promote their mobile apps and getting high valuable users to their business. Okay, give me a real example of how this works. Use Candy Crush since everyone knows Candy Crush. Yeah, Candy Crush is really very, it's a really good example and by we do really promote Candy Crush as an example. Uh, for example, King is looking for high quality users. King Not is just, the creator of Candy Crush, guys. Exactly, King is the creator, is the app developers of King Crash. And they're looking for high-quality users for, for Candy Crush. What do you mean high-quality users? Users will download the app, become players, but also pay and make purchases. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense for, for King to invest driving so many users for that app. So you happy has his goal is really to find these users that most likely will make purchases using Candy Crush. And all of this process is, is, is very complicated because you have to find these kind of users out of out of millions of users that are playing the games 
try to find them that have a good chance to, to pay and become uh, really high quality users for King. And those users will recommend them to use Candy Crush. Uh, this way will help King obviously have a better ROI and optimize their investment into user acquisitions for their app. That's, that's the key challenge. And, and it's a bit complicated to do it over time to have this kind of growth and drive them more and more high quality users to, to, to their game. So that, that's the challenges that Yuabi does. So Moji, I understand how you might go make a phone call to King and land Candy Crush as a new customer. What I don't understand is how and where you're getting the data for potential customers to then send them to download their app. Tell me about that side of the marketplace. Perfect. Yuabi has an agreement with about 4,500 app developers as a publishers, as an inventory source. Uh, big companies uh, like Cheetah Mobile, Pandora, and other this kind of type, big publishers, we have kind of relationship with them. We have an integration, even to a, either through an API or an SDK. Now, through this, this interface, we're getting, uh, we'll learn a lot about the data. We keep privacy. We don't know what the users are there, but we do learn about their purchasing habit, about their what do they like mostly. How and do you learn that? We learn, uh, for, for example, we recommend to some users shopping apps, and, and we'll realize that some of the users really don't care about shopping apps, for example. So we categorize these users don't like shopping apps, and recommend them gaming apps, and we'll see the response. We'll then recommend them uh, entertainment, communication apps. That's over time, we obviously learn their, their behavior and what they're looking for. It's, it's best on recommendation engines and predictive analytics. It's it's uh, if you look at the, on the console Amazon is done. There's a good similarity. Yep. Yeah. Let me let me pull this just down just to make sure I understand it clearly. So one of your one of your partners you said is Pandora, right? Where you can listen to music online. Is that right? Yeah. So so what you do is you have an agreement with Pandora where you get access to basically see that when Nathan opens Pandora, um, you you can show me Candy Crush or a shopping app, and you'll over time see that I'm never clicking any of these gaming apps. So then you stop showing me those. You show, you try me on shopping apps. You try me on travel apps. You try me on other apps until you get a hit and then you show me more of that stuff is that accurate exactly once i'm getting understanding your behavior of action your behavior of purchasing habits will categorize you as a user that actually likes certain things and will continue recommend you to use different apps and, and all is focused really on mobile apps got it and do you use my ip address to track me across your different publishing partners do you have a way to link that data or no no we don't we really oh. keep the very privacy we only the only thing we know is your device id we know this user or we don't know who's the user it's it's 100 privacy protection it's just knowing the device id so we can identify the source of the user that's it but what that means is like if i use two of your different uh, publishing partners let's say pandora and fortune magazine i'm making that up yeah. you would have to show me and run tests on both of those things in other words you wouldn't know if i'm on fortune that i ignored all the shopping apps on pandora so you still might show me shopping apps on fortune right which is not valuable for you is that accurate as long as you are within our uh, publishers network and we identify a device ID, we recommend you. We, we have some knowledge about it, and we recommend you, okay. obviously. Yes, so that makes, that makes more sense. If you yeah. have them in your network, you can track me using my device ID so that you're not showing me stuff that you know I don't like across your different publishers. Is that accurate? Exactly. Got exactly. it. Okay, how do you make money? 
Oh, big advertisers like King or Amazon, etc. They pay us per install. Okay. Every time user download an app and install and open the app, they pay us money. Now, yep. they pay us the money based on KPI. It's a very uh, clear. Every big advertisers in mobile today, they have KPI. They want to reach that KPI target. Yep. So it's not enough to have an install and user open the app but we have to reach the KPI. So we work very close with the big advertisers, getting from them this feedback so we can optimize for them to reach that KPI. Yep, so what is the, I'm curious kind of what the Delta is. Let's talk, don't name a specific one because then you probably couldn't share it, but let's say uh, these ride sharing companies. On average, yeah. what do they like to pay per install compared to a gaming company that wants to install, you know, like a Candy Crush kind of thing? Yeah, for example, these ride sharing companies, it, it really varies by or based on which country. So US. They are, they are let's say US. Let's say USA. They're, they're probably willing to pay twelve, fourteen dollars per every first ride. Okay. So oh, so it's not just it's not just CPI cost per install. They'll actually tie the, to the KPI cost like per exactly, first ride. Exactly. So you know Once, you have to drive X amount of installs to get one new ride taken. Exactly. That's what matters. I mean, in other words, if you download twenty times and you will not make any ride, it will be really very expensive for the advertiser. But if you drive uh, but if you drive the number of installs that actually reach that KPI, advertisers will like it and continue to use your inventory to, to expand the business. Got it. So a ride-sharing company, we won't name names like Uber or Lyft because we don't want to disclose that information. But yeah, they'll, exactly. on, those kinds of companies will pay between 12 and $20 cost per first ride. You then have to do the math and say, well, hey, ride-sharing company, what's your conversion rate from install to first ride? Let's say they tell you 10%. You know you have to drive 10 customers, right, using that 12 to 20 bucks they're willing to pay. What if you look at the numbers you say this isn't going to work i can't get you i can't get you installs that cheaply you're absolutely right by the way it happens a lot of the time that we have advertisers that give us some kpi and, and the kpis cannot be achieved so we share with them the data very strong you know very transparency and and then we come up with uh, new numbers you know so because there is kind of uh, um Kind of, kind of a bar or benchmark in the, in the industry uh, what kind of kpis you need to achieve and so we share this data with the advertisers and they are just accordingly yep okay so let's say that one of these ride sharing companies pays 20 bucks uh f because you just gave them uh, you know uh, their first you know first ride how much do you keep and how much do you pay the publisher partner that found that first you know ride down law you know per consumer we are very transparent because everything really is done automatically through our platform. We paid 70% of our revenue to the publishers. Okay, got it. So of the 20 bucks, you're going to send about 14 bucks to the publisher and keep six for yourself. Exactly. Got it. Okay. And so let's go back here and get more of your backstory. What year did you launch the company in? I'm sorry? What year did you launch the company in? Uh, it was late 2011. And how much revenue did you do your first year? Oh, first year was I think two hundred fifty thousand something. That's like that. not bad. Now, is that is that advertising revenue processed or your cut? No, just uh, our cut. Okay, got it. So you did. Okay, got it. Okay, your cut. So, so if I multiply, so that's only thirty percent, right? You, you give yeah, the other seventy so percent out. Got it. So you did. What is that number? So you did about a million bucks in total, kind of spent through your platform. You kept about two fifty. Exactly, exactly. Got it. And then, so fast forward to 2016, what has that grown to? 
Uh, obviously, it's close to 80 million. 80, okay, 80 million is what you keep, or that's what you've processed? Yeah, what we keep, yeah. Oh, God, wow, that's amazing. Okay, so 80 million is what you keep, which means you're, call it, you're doing what, three, almost over, way over a quarter of a billion in terms of total money processed through your platform. Perfect, exactly. And yeah. have you bootstrapped or have you raised capital? No, we have raised close to $20 million. Mm -hmm. And why'd you make uh, that decision? To raise funds? Yep. Uh, I mean, we had to. <laughs> it's like, you know, we had to invest uh, building the platform. It's uh, We have about 30 people uh, R&D. Total number of employees, we have 130 people. Okay. Uh, um, it's a global company. We have 10 offices. And uh, we're investing in technology. That's why we need to have the money. Although the company is profitable. And um, so, but, but still, we are ongoing investing in our, in our technology to, uh, first of all, launching new products on top of our platform in order to support it. Interesting. And what is the, uh, I mean, how do you, I see things on your website, like you've kind of built these different engines, like one run and some things like that. I mean, are these, can, is there a SaaS model here as well? Can other people pay a monthly fee for access to these little kind of widgets you're building or no? No, no, no. It's really our own platform. You know, think about like Google, Facebook, Amazon, it's our own platform. We use our platform. We manage it. Um, so we allow to advertisers and publishers get connected, but we facilitate the entire transaction process. Mm -hmm. There's no SaaS or white label. It's it's a real our business model is our platform. If Activision comes today and offers you five times your annual revenue, do you sell to them? So that'd be forty million or four hundred million bucks. I think at the moment. Um, First of all, if they offer five times the gross revenue, we might think about it. Yep. But quite honestly, we have really good momentum right now. We don't want to sell before 2019. or We think more going public. It's more accurate path for us. Because there's so much room to grow. There's no need to rush really to Basically, go anywhere. I'm sure you've already done research here uh, because your, your numbers are getting up there. In your opinion and in your advisor's opinion, what do you have to get to in terms of revenue and growth and metrics to actually IPO? Um, I think the, from what, from what the, the, the numbers we've got is to reach uh, uh, above 120 uh, net and become profitable, which we are already since uh, last year. So, and, and I think it's going to stay this way the entire year. You mean 100, so you said 120 million in net revenue or gross revenue? I think gross. Yeah, gross. So that, that should be enough. And I believe uh, uh, mid uh, uh, of next year will be in much farther, much really advanced to that, but we'll be well positioned. And hopefully, you know, the IPO market has to be really favorable, mm -hmm. which is not the case today, yep. especially for, for ad tech companies. So... Hopefully this one, uh, you know, this part of the formula will get better. You can be a good company if the market <laughs> yep. diverted first is not going to help. <laughs> yep. And where are you based? Where's your headquarters? Actually, I'm, I'm, our headquarters is really in the Bay Area. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I, I always say my base is really in the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> where are you now? Because people I, can see this YouTube video. Now, now I'm in Israel. Now I'm Israel. in Israel. Very uh, cool. The R&D is in Israel, and I'm still close to the R&D. I like to make sure I'm... Uh, that's the reason, but I go back and forth to the USA and uh, we have a big office in China, big office in Indonesia. So we're pretty global. We have 10 offices. So I have to be all, all around, you know. Who would you say your top two competitors are? I think our top two competitors is App Loving and uh, Aerosource. Aerosource um, and App Loving? Yeah. yeah. I think both are good companies and uh, they've done a really good job. 
and uh, definitely we compete and also you know cooperate together so guys big news last month was a huge month for the company i recently acquired which was www.thetopinbox.com i liked the company so much when i met the person who created it it lets you send emails later on gmail set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened it's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive so listen I bought the whole company on the spot and I want to tell you how I did it I've showed the deal by the way to big smart people private equity firms VCs and they're dumbfounded they go Nathan how did you do this we've never seen a deal like this how did you do this so I did an unbelievable deal and I want to show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Yep. Very good. Moshi, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Actually, my favorite business book, it's, uh, you know, I wrote a book. Uh, <laughs> well, tell us, what is it? Uh, the book you can find it on Amazon, by the way, called My, my Journey to Justice. Uh, <laughs> we'll look it up, we'll link to it in the show notes, all right? Number two, Moshi, what's your, is there a CEO that you're following or studying currently? Actually, Jeff Bezos is um, really a great man and uh, built an amazing company. Everybody obviously knows Amazon and, and, you know, I like them. I see them as a model and obviously Jeff Bezos is, is, is the man. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like HostGator? I'm using WhatsApp like crazy. Yep. Uh, my, you know, my, my, my people work for me, they tell me I'm, getting, I'm driving them crazy because I use a lot of groups creating for every subject. But I really love it. It's simple and straight to the point. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> this is our problem, as you know. Yep. Uh, I don't know, I really, it's maybe four hours a night. It's, wow. Uh, what, and what's your situation? Are you, are you married, single, do you have kids? No, actually, I'm, I'm, I have a spouse. I have three kids. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so yeah, but they are growing up, so everything is good. I, I don't, you know, I don't neglect them. And how old are you, Moshi? <laughs> I'm 56 years old. Okay, last question. Take us back 36 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, never 20, give sorry, up. 26, yeah. Never give up. Never give up. When you see an obstacle, I'm sure you're going to overcome it, but don't be excited because there will be other obstacles along the way. So, <laughs> so never give up. That's, that's, uh, that's the formula. There you guys have it from the founder of Appy or youappy.com, Moshi. He's currently out there in Israel. He's got 130 people based all around the world, 30 folks specifically in R&D. First year, they did about 250 grand in revenue. They made that because they take 30% of the total kind of ad volume that they process. So they process about a million bucks their first year. Fast forward to 2016, they're killing it. Over a quarter of a billion, specifically about $320 million processed through their very interesting and proprietary ecosystem of publishers and consumers that they built in consumer profiles of that 320 million they keep about again 30 percent so 80 million the rest they pay back out to all of their great publishing partners who knows maybe they'll be going public soon and moshi will have you back on thank you for taking us to the top not a problem thank you so much thank you for your time if you enjoyed today's episode with moshi bankman go back and listen to sergey yesterday he did the world's largest ico with 53 million dollars raised really leading the crypto space